Hello everyone, welcome back to Smiles and Social Studies. I am your host, Mary Ellen Blodgett, and I feel like I really need today's episode because the whole point of today's episode is to reflect, but to also start thinking about the future. So in this episode, I am going to reflect on this past year, teaching during a pandemic, and everything that came with that, but also thinking ahead what my goals are for the summer and how I can use those goals to help get myself ready for next year. So next year I can have a rock star year of teaching. And I really am so excited for what the future holds. So let's get started with this episode and reflect and think, but also plan for the future. So let's get started. All right, everyone. So I want to start off by talking a little bit about what I teach. So I am a social studies teacher. That means I teach history, I teach geography, um, economics, all sorts of things. And it was so strange for me, you know, a little over a year ago when we started to hear about in staff meetings that there is this COVID-19 disease that is sweeping the country, it's sweeping the world, um, and that it's pretty much, it's going to arrive at some point. And as a result, it may impact school, and we may not be in school with this virus going around. And as a history teacher, I just remember sitting there going, there's no way. I've taught about, you know, the Spanish flu and all of these pandemics, you know, the Black Plague, things like this throughout history. And in my head, I was going, there is no way that our schools will be shut down today. Medicine has evolved so much. And that's one thing that we often talked about in my classes was, you know, these trends over time and how things evolve, whether it's, you know, tools, inventions, medicine, things like that. Um, One of my personal favorites, technology. And I just remember sitting there going, there's no way school is going to be shut down. And even at the time, my administration was kind of of that same mindset. There's no way. It won't happen. And then I will never forget, it was um, our last day of school was Maine's bicentennial birthday. So our 200th birthday as a state. And that was my last day of school in the building for that school year. This was actually uh, the year before this current school year. And I was absolutely stunned. I thought, okay, well, school shut down. We're going to try to teach remotely. 
whatever that means. And at the time, we had no clue what that might entail. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, well, this won't last. We'll be back in school pretty quickly. At the same time that this is starting to happen, I knew I was going to be getting ready to buy a house. And in fact, I was buying my childhood home, which is a very exciting thing in and of itself. So while we were going to be shut down, I knew I would have to teach from home. So I decided to move up, start getting the house ready to buy it because I was buying it from family. So I just stayed with my family throughout the whole process. And I just taught from the house. But my teaching looked so different. I thought I was a very tech savvy teacher. I had very frequently used Google Classroom. My students were very familiar with Google Classroom. I had slideshows. I had students completing essays on their computers. I felt very confident that my students knew Google Drive, knew Google Classroom, wasn't going to be that difficult. Boy, was I really underestimating the situation. I like to think I'm a very, you know, people person. You know, I I like to be around people for the most part. Don't get me wrong. I do like to sit home and watch Netflix from time to time. But for the most part, I I really do like to be around people. And I just realized, starting with remote learning how much I relied on those interactions with my students to gauge how the lesson was actually going. A lot of my classes sometimes involve direct instruction where I'm trying to have a conversation with my students about the subject matter that I'm trying to teach at that moment. And by having those conversations, I feel like the information sticks with my students more because it's like you're, you're, you're talking with someone about something. You, you tend to, you know, remember a little more than if you just sat and read it. So with teaching remotely, I was losing that face-to-face interaction. I was losing those conversational moments about information. So I couldn't just send out a slideshow and expect my students to read it. First of all, I knew they wouldn't because this was unparalleled. Students are gonna have no clue, you know, what's fully expected of them if they just get a slideshow. So, you know, last year's remote learning was not that great because my students were unprepared, I was unprepared, and at the same time, you have those social emotional stressors going on. We all had them where we didn't know what the next day was going to look like. It seemed like every single day, new restrictions were showing up all across the country and all across the world. In fact, most of the teachers on my team 
we set out blocks that we weren't on Zoom or anything because we were watching the CDC reports and trying to learn the latest updates and how we would be impacted. But one thing that that remote experience taught me, you know, for those two months was what I needed to do better on for the following year. So it was really only about two weeks before school started in the fall that I learned what teaching might look like for this school year. And so because I bought a house, I actually had to change schools um, because I taught a few hours away. So I had to find a school closer. So I already had a little added stress to the situation. I had, you know, moved during a pandemic. I changed jobs. So a little stressed. And then really it was about a week and a half before school started when I was finally able to go see my classroom and start getting it set up. Because for a long part of the summer, you know, with the state being shut down, it was really up in the air if staff would even be allowed back in the building. So I understood that. I understood that this is very unique circumstances. This is not a reflection on the school or anything. This is just the way the world is right now. We have to take it in stride a little bit. So I was finally able to get into my classroom, start setting it up. We're about a week out from school, and then we start getting the, the COVID guidelines. In order to bring students back to school, what needs to be done? So my school taught in a hybrid function. So I'm gonna explain that to you for a second. So a hybrid model of teaching is I had, let's say, 100 students total. So with a hybrid model, 50 of those students would be in school one day. The other 50 would be doing an assignment for my class at home. And then the following day, those kids who were home would be at school, and then the kids who were at school the first day would be home, and they would alternate. So each day, I would be expected to plan something for all 100 of those students, but I'd only see about 50 of them in person. And then I wouldn't see the other 50 until the following day. That became kind of a challenge, but by the end of the year, looking back, I was actually really impressed with how I managed this hybrid feature, um, I was I was actually pretty happy with the amount of information I was able to teach my students this year, even though for a lot of teachers, it felt like we really only had half the amount of time with our kids because, you know, half of the time they were home and they weren't directly in the seats in our classrooms. So I want to take a few moments here to talk about the 
top things that I took away from this past school year. One, I have learned so many new ways to create digital lessons. I've always been a big supporter of interactive activities in my classroom. And in the past, I've done escape rooms. I've done amazing races. I've had like survivor competitions like CBS's Survivor with Jeff Probst, which is one of my favorite shows. So I do all these like interactive like game type learning situations, but because of COVID, what I wasn't going to be allowed to do that. So I had to think outside of the box. So a few things that I started doing. At one point, I made a digital escape room using Google Sites and Google Slides. And I was actually quite proud of it. It was not as good as when I have clues hidden throughout the room or even throughout the building because I have tried that a few times when I've worked at smaller schools. It wasn't as fun. The kids still had to stay in their seats. They couldn't work in groups. But it was just out of the box thinking and I was pretty proud of it. A few other things I used were Nearpods, which I'm going to have a separate episode on Nearpod, but Nearpods are amazing. It's very similar to Pear Deck, if you've ever used that, which is also very, very good. Both of those programs allow you to make interactive slideshows, so you can have, like, questions that the kids can answer, and it keeps track of um, their answers and their progress and their effort level. Um, but also with Nearpod, a feature I liked was that you could attach videos and then insert questions within the video, which was really cool. And I do plan on using Nearpods quite a bit in the future. And then because of this way of learning, I had to really think about the way I presented information. I created a lot of videos this year. Uh, sometimes I just did a screen recording so you could hear my voice but see my slides or see an article that I was reading to my students. And to me, that was really important because if I had students absent, I was able to just quickly send off that video. They didn't miss that instruction. I didn't have to repeat myself because I already had that video made up. And it just, it made my life so much easier. So moving forward with my teaching, I'm kind of thinking about doing what's called a flipped classroom where the students, you know, might watch a video of my instruction at home for their work. And then when they get into class, that's when you have the discussions and you complete assignments. They've already received the content when they're at home and then they do the work in the classroom with me. And I'm very interested to look into that further for next year. So with this, we've talked about, you know, I had to completely think about different ways to create lessons. I also, one of my biggest takeaways from this year, and this may be the most important, 
is that I truly felt like students were very excited to be back at school. It was a very sudden moment when we found out schools are going to be shut down for two weeks and then obviously throughout those weeks it just kept extending until it was school is going to be shut down for the rest of the school year. When that happened I think a lot of students, adults, you know teachers, even families had taken for granted actually being at school and then coming back from that fully remote, you know, bit in um, 2020, you know, coming back from that, I truly felt like teachers and students were just so glad to be back in the building, to be around other people and to get out of our houses and to have conversations, even though we had to wear a mask which, oh boy, was not a big fan of the mask, but obviously wore it as much as I could. I understood the value, but when it gets to like 90 degree temperatures in your classroom and you have to teach with a mask on, gets a little, gets a little warm, <laughs> let me tell you. But at the end of the day, we all just remembered what it felt like to be locked down in our houses that I think for most people, we were just truly, truly grateful to have a little bit of normalcy, to be able to go to school, to be able to have conversations. So I'm going to take a break, but when I come back, we are going to talk about my goals for this summer vacation because it's official. I'm on summer vacation and it feels amazing. I'm going to talk about my goals for the summer, but I'm also going to talk about how these goals will help me get ready for this upcoming school year. So keep listening. All right, everyone. So let's talk about my goals for the summer vacation. The first goal I have is to recharge my batteries. By the end of the school year, I was starting to feel burnout pretty bad. I was, you know, feeling fatigued. I was just really ready for a break. It has definitely been a long school year, and in many ways, it felt like a much longer school year than I've ever had before. That is not to say that this has been like a horrible year. I, you know, if I have to think back, I actually look back at this school year with a lot of positivity and I'm pretty happy with how the year went um, compared to what it could have been. Looking back at, you know, those two months in the 2019-2020 school year when everything was shut down and everyone was learning remotely. You know, in comparison to that, I I really think this school year went well. 
But that is not to say it was not exhausting. I was really tired. I was definitely ready for summer vacation. So at this point, I have officially been on vacation for a week. And it feels amazing. I, for this first part of vacation, I am really taking that relaxation and recharging mentality very seriously. I have made sure that I am doing things that aren't necessarily work-related, but, you know, they might be, like, physical work, but they bring a smile to my face. They make me happy. So a few things that I've done is I've already read an entire book, which just makes me really, really happy. I have uh, the app Goodreads, and I have a challenge going for myself to read, um, I believe I set my number at 50 books for this year, for, you know, 2021, and I am over halfway through that goal. I'm actually ahead of schedule by, like, three books, Um, so... I kind of like having that goal to keep referencing back to because it will tell me when I get behind and it will, the app will like tell me, Hey, get reading, you know, you're behind schedule. Um, because if you want to read 50 books in this entire year, you need to make sure that you're keeping up with it and you are continuously reading. And I find reading super relaxing, even though I get super attached to characters and when characters die or they're going through emotional issues it really gets to me like I cannot read Harry Potter without crying multiple times and it's kind of at that point like why do I keep reading it well it's because I love it and I do get connected to the characters and I love all of that so even though sometimes reading is stressful for me It brings me so much joy. So I've been reading. I am not going to lie. I have been binge watching some shows on like Netflix. I also have Amazon Prime. So just enjoying that, kind of catching up on just mindless TV that I really haven't had the energy for this school year. And then lastly, you know, one of those things that I've been doing that does take work and you really have to think about it, but it's making me so happy is now that I own a house this year, um, because the cost of lumber, everything has gone up. I couldn't do a full garden like I wanted to, because when I do get ready to have a full garden, I need to make sure I build a nice fence around it because I live in the country. So I have like woodchucks and deer and other wonderful little critters who love to eat all the wonderful vegetables in my garden. So... I had to put the garden on hold for a year, but I have recently got some planters for um, some tomato plants. And then today I planted cucumbers and I'm just really excited. It's not a full garden. It's very simple. But like sitting on my lawn today, like 
planting these cucumbers and everything, it just, it made me so happy. And like going around and watering all my plants, it takes work, but it's just, is bringing me joy. You know, I'm getting outside, I'm getting that fresh air and it's just, it's relaxing. So like I said, that first goal is just to kind of recharge my batteries. I want to end this summer feeling very nice and relaxed and ready to hit the ground running when the school year starts. My second goal is to declutter my house. So at the end of the school year, I actually decluttered my classroom and I got rid of a ton of stuff. I donated stuff. I gave things to other teachers what I knew was just so outdated that no one would ever want or use. It went out to the dumpster. I got rid of so much stuff out of my classroom and a lot of it was just outdated or it was just junk that collected dust and had no purpose. I had just got it at some point because I thought it was cute or I wanted my classroom to have a theme. So I got these things to decorate my room to go with this theme, but then lo and behold, I never even had that theme in my classroom because it was either gonna cost too much money or take too much time, and I or I just changed my mind. I am notorious for changing my bulletin boards out constantly, and so when you're trying to have a whole theme for your classroom, if you're constantly changing things out, it's really hard to stick with that theme. And I get bored with things easily. I like change. So I just finally said, if it has like sat on a shelf or sat in my closet all year and I've done nothing with it, it just needs to go. So I cleared out a lot of stuff from my classroom. So now that it's summer vacation, my classroom is decluttered. It's all packed up, nice and organized for cleaning this summer. Now my focus is on my house. How can I declutter my house, get rid of things I don't need, clear out some space? Because down the road, I would like to renovate some rooms in my house and update them. But in order to do that, I seriously need to clean out. So I plan on having a few yard sales. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of a yard sale, but you put things outside, you advertise, and hopefully people will come buy your stuff. And it's a, it's a huge deal. Lawn sales are a huge deal in Maine. Um, and like people specifically go yard sailing on weekends. So my hope is to have a few yard sales, clear out some stuff, and then really make this house my own, but get it set up in a way that, you know, just, you know, I walk into a room and I just smile because it's me and it's how I want the room to be. And then I think lastly, my goal is to continue with my podcast because 
this is actually really helping me to think ahead to this upcoming year. I have a few podcasts that I listen to, and I've kind of talked about them in previous episodes, but they really inspire me to think about my classroom and to think about the way I teach. And by doing my own podcast, I'm thinking. It's making it so each week when I go to record my episodes, I'm actively thinking about work, but I'm not stressing I'm processing in my mind. And by doing that, I feel like I'm not just putting work on the back burner and I'm not going to forget about it all summer. Even now in this podcast, talking about how I clean things out to get my room nice and clean, it already is putting me in a really good mindset about what I can do with my classroom in the fall to get it ready for when kids come. I have a lot less stuff to put out and to get organized and I am really excited about that prospect. I'm not dreading unpacking 20 boxes of things. I labeled each box and even though I've got like 10 um, milk crates full of books, I labeled them by, you know, All my books were alphabetical on my shelves and I labeled them like I packed them alphabetically and I labeled them so I know which box needs to get unpacked first to go on the shelf. So that in itself is going to set me up to be in a really good position this fall and I'm really excited about that. So by continuing this podcast, I am so excited for this fall. I think together it's going to be a great summer. And I think by, by doing this, we all are just going to get ourselves into a really good, you know, mental space and emotional space to, to hit the ground running when the school year starts. So those are my goals for this fall. So, well, not just this fall, but for this summer to get me ready for the fall. So I just, once again, want to thank you all for being part of this journey with me. It already, it's bringing me so much joy and I'm so happy with this project. So I hope you all are nearing that point where you might be on vacation and you can take a step back and try and recharge your batteries and try and find those moments this summer to smile. I've been on vacation for a week and I already feel like I have smiled so much. I've spent time with family. I've started working on my goals for this summer. I I have felt very fortunate with the weather that I'm actually getting outside, I'm getting fresh air. And so I hope you all can find those moments to have some some positive interactions, to smile and just enjoy yourselves. So thank you all for listening and stay tuned for future episodes of Smiles and Social Studies. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye, everyone.